Welcome to MiceCast with your hosts Greg, Mike, and Shaft. Not sure if you knew this or not, but MiceCast was invited to podcast from the NFFC booth at the D23 Expo that just happened this last weekend. Um, and we wanted to take it a step further and broadcast or stream uh, our time at the booth live, which we did uh, for like two hours. It was a lot of fun. And while we were there, we were presented with the opportunity to interview several folks, which is what we are bringing to you now. And we're bringing it to you just in case you missed that live show. Now, the first person we talked to was Terry Harden. She's a puppeteer, uh, among other talents. And she had some interesting things to say. We're going to start this over. Terry, the, the, right. this is take two, which I'm sure you're completely familiar with. Yes. All right, so we're here at D23 Expo with Terry Harden. We're, at the, we're live. Uh, we're at the NFFC booth. And Terry's has at D23, been... At D23, right? D23. Terry's been gracious enough to... Give us a rundown of some of the stuff she does for the Walt Disney Company, starting with, what do you want to talk about, the Muppets Well, guys, if you're down here and going to listen to this later, yay. If you're tweeting, whatever that means, and Facebooking, whatever that is. I don't know. uh, Awesome, cool. Really happy for you. Uh, I was invited to come to D23 as a Muppet. Yesterday at 11 o'clock, we did a show with Dick Cook. We were the surprise guest. Kermit the Frog, Fozzie Bear, Miss Piggy, and uh, chickens, which are me. Did you do all the chickens? Do you chickens. Muppet chickens? No, no, no. Muppets thought it was funny because they do the Foster Farms chickens. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, you got a picture? Why don't you show the, pick up the picture here? You can show the picture right here. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Right there. Hold still, Mike. There you go. There you go. There's Terry. Yeah, as the passenger of 17 years, passenger chicken foster farm. Yeah, well, we were passenger talking the other day. Right. It does not seem like they have been yeah, around. Foster we live in California, so it doesn't seem like it's been 17 years. Yeah, 1993, we started the campaign. Oh, all right. So here's Terry. Puppeteering. Puppeteer, Big Al. Big Al. Oh, my Big favorite Al of the Bears. Country Bears. That's everybody's favorite right there is he Big Al. It was the live show. No, it was the movie. Yeah, the movie. It was definitely the movie there. There Am I she is. And the you're com- moving at the same time. Yeah, that's that's basically what's happening there. That's right. Obviously, you wouldn't do a good Jay Leno because you don't know how to stick it in one place. You got well, Jay Leno cheats because he has that little easel he sets everything in. So. All right, so Terry, you, uh, so you work puppets. Puppets and I work puppets and then also as Imagineer for ten years. Did Disneyland Paris. And Disneyland Tokyo worked on both of those projects. Now, so I've been a lot like the Godfather Disney. I get out of Disney and they pull me back in. Nice. <laughs> now, didn't, wasn't there a funny little story you heard about Travolta and his family? Well, there's a lot of family stories. Um, as the Muppets, there were 15 of us that... Anyway, okay, so uh, we were backstage and there were 15 of us waiting to go on. Well, they, they told us there were going to be celebrities there. Among the celebrities, John Travolta, uh, Miley Cyrus... Possibly Johnny Depp, which is the big one. Everybody's like, ah, Johnny Depp, blah, blah, blah. So they said to us we were not to accost them in any way. We were Muppets. And we said we're Muppets. Uh, no problem. Miley Cyrus walks past us, freezes in her feet, and says, oh, my goodness, it's the Muppets. And she says, I want a picture, I want a picture, I want a picture. And we just point to her. Huh? And we said, what you don't understand about the Muppets is that the Muppets touch every heart, not just sure. you and I. 
every heart. Miley got to be about five years old when she saw us. We took pictures with her, and then the um, band, her band, made a little face like this. <laughs> and they said, We're, I'm called the animal. And so he wanted to have a picture with animal. Animal, so animal was there yesterday. Animal was there, Piggy was there, like Kermit was there, and Fozzie was there among the chickens and penguins and all the little critters. That's usually us back there. Sweet. Yeah, I like animal, eh? But the story that people are asking about yes. is John Travolta, we were in the ship. Uh, the yeah, the little Mark Twain that rolled out on the stage. I saw a picture, yes. John Travolta looked at us and said, are you Muppets? And we all said yes. And so he stuck his head in and said, hi, Muppets. We said, hi, we love your work. He says, I love your work. So pretty wild. But what it is is that they would all become little kids. So the best thing that happened to me was uh, whenever a Muppeteer sees a little child under three feet tall, we automatically go to the kids, puppets are on, we're ready to perform. And uh, Floyd got to uh, the little boy first, then Miss Piggy, each one taking pictures with this little boy. And then he saw my chickens and he reached his hand out. So I knelt down and handed him a chicken to hold. And he said, do they, they, do, do, are they real? And I said, do you think they're real? And the little boy said, I think they're real. And so I said, I think they're real too. And then I looked up and I said, well, hello, Nicholas Cage. Oh, it's his boy? It was his son. Nice, nice. So I said, Nicholas Cage, you have one of my sculptures. He says, which one? I said, Chernabog. He said, Terry Harden. I am very happy to be here. Nice. So everybody was like, oh my gosh. That's great that appreciates work. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was glad to have someone who knew what that was, because he bought the original piece. And, cool. uh, and it was awesome. Johnny Depp didn't have a lot of time. He went on as the pirate. Does he he did ever? his bit. <laughs> he flew off the stage. And as he came down, he yelled, Muppets, held his hand up. We high-fived him. Said that's all I have. I love you guys, and off you go. Awesome. So, so, so backstage was the place to be. Obviously, if you wanted to see these people, however, we told them maybe security next time should be around the Muppets. <laughs> nice. That's because a good story. We were accosted by celebrities. Nice, cool. nice. So no Gonzo though, right? Because the chickens. Yes, Gonzo. But he's always after the chickens. Yes, but he, he decided to leave them alone and do a special appearance next to uh, Fozzie this time. And Pepe too. Pepe? Pepe, little Pepe the, the shrimp. Oh, the... Well, the other man behind the curtain this time. Richard keeps motioning to me to check it. I, well, because I'm taking a look at it half the time, and some of the times it's popping yes, in, and I'm just. Here's the thing: is that when I had it up high, everyone here was complaining it was loud. Okay, I understand so, that, but I, I was just. just... The, uh, the so you had a good time. You had a good time. I really you, have you enjoyed sitting, myself. Here, lots of people came to visit. I see they gave you gifts. Several people came by and said hello. And now the line behind me is for Paige, the voice of Belle. Oh, she's over there. Yes, yeah, she's over here, and you can see there's a crowd around her. She's smiling and hugging people. And if you're someone who's listening to this and you're in the vicinity and you want to see Paige, she'll be at the NFFC booth until four. I can't get it turned around far enough. Don't try to be that creative, Richard. Keep it on our guests. Well, we're just gonna. She's referring over here, so I'm just gonna come over here and we're gonna take a look at the crowd over there. She's siding like a mad woman. Just, just do what the on-air talent is telling you. And you'll be okay. Easy pull, man. Yeah. <laughs> Easy pull. Be nice, guys. He's got plenty of nicknames. You know, people say the wrong thing sometimes. Yeah. 
Oh, hey. There's a story about him in the, uh, in the Tower of Terror, talking about the shaft, and that became That story is oh, is almost two years says, old. My husband says, pan, does, says shoot, not pan, when he's talking about camera work. So if you got that... Uh, oh, yeah, thing, shoot, not pan. That means shoot, not off. pan. Yeah, it's going to make us sick. I don't know if you think that out there, but let him know. Also, we've got uh, stormtroopers out here, one wearing mouse ears. So you got oh, nice. all kinds of cool things happening That's out cool here. Thing, yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of cool gifts, especially for D twenty three. So, so Terry, what what else you got? You got anything else going on coming up? Uh, no, well, coming up right now, I'm working on a a special piece for Guillermo del Toro. I still do a lot of uh, private commission work, and uh, we'll see. Walt Disney, sculpting. This is sculpting. Sculpting. Okay. Yes, okay. Walt Disney World. Uh, has talked about possibly uh, doing some stuff with me, but with the economy happening, we're kind of seeing if those people are still at their jobs at the yeah. end of the of the hacking season. As far as uh, acting is concerned, it looks like Muppets is going to do a movie called really? The Cheapest Muppet Movie Ever Made. Nice. So we'll nice. see if that, right. if that comes to fruition. It's, it should be awesome. It should be awesome. Cool, cool. Thanks for taking a minute with me. And thanks guys, for, I hope you come down. Mine. Thanks so much. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Well, Actually, tomorrow, but I'm not in it. Actually, not just stopping by. I mean, you've been here for how long? I mean, you were talking to people all the time. Thursday, and you, yeah. And you stayed to talk yeah. with us, so thank I you for that. I wanted to, I wanted to. And plus, so. you know, now, now we, 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 we bought enough time for, if you guys can get over there, you can talk to Paige and all the other people who guys are all crazy. But thanks for flattering me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Terry, for stopping by. Thank all you right, very you much. Guys. Take thanks. it easy. Thanks. All right. All right. So, <sighs> Terry Harden. Puppeteer, uh, it was very nice of her to stop by. Yeah, it was tell great. us some tell us some stories. Uh, okay, so okay, right it, now Richard, we're going. Okay, I'm going to uh, go take a picture of the stormtrooper with the Mickey ears on. Okay, yeah. I'm going to cut the recording so we can package the Terry interview up and send that out on the feed later today. I can't talk. But the stream will still. The stream will still be going, so I'm going to just let me kind just of lean back just a little bit right, for a moment, and I'm going to show what Greg is taking a picture of over here. How we doing, Mike? We uh, we hearing me back here? All right. So, so Chuck. Yes. Very oh. good. But as Greg mentioned earlier, it just yeah, takes just away when you take your helmet with, uh, off. Yeah. And I noticed you standing out All right, here so watching. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's ruining the show. It's ruining the show. All right. I'm gonna, just let me stop the recorder right now. But when you so, have a chance, come over. Thanks for listening. Next up was a gentleman uh, whose name was Mark Silverman. Mark is an accomplished voice actor, and he was the voice double for Rod Serling in the various Towers of Terror attractions. He shares with us a couple of behind-the-scenes stories, and this guy, he was he was a lot of fun. Water? Let me see water. if I can get you some water. All right. Welcome, Mark. Our, our podcast is MiceCast, and I know I was chatting you up there a few minutes ago. Uh, Mark Silverman, is that right? Yes. Is that right? Is, and I have his CD right here that he kindly signed for me. Uh, did the voice for Rod Serling for Tower of Terror? Well, amongst yes. other voices for Disney. Can you yes. tell us a little about your career with Disney? Well... Let me do this. All right. There you go. Hello. Yes. <laughs> Don't I get headphones so I can use my own? Do you want it? Do you want mine? All right. But there's a I nasty delay it. on it. Oh, there is? <laughs> no, there's no delay. Oh, there's here, no delay here. now? Hold this. All right. He's going un- to unravel them. We have another set somewhere. He's a pro. We're not. We're not used to it. <laughs> All right. Here, hang on. Go ahead, Mark. Now, can you hear me? 
Hello. Is there, there, is there a big delay or anything? No. I, I don't hear myself through here, though. You sure? Yeah. Uh, well, there I go, yeah. Is that better? Hello, and welcome to the Magic Kingdom of Disneyland. That's good, yes. Yes. Uh, okay, so, Drake, you talked to him. Yes, I'm I, sorry. Yes, I did talk to him. And uh, we had a, you quite a good conversation. Um, Mark, I'll repeat some of my questions okay. for, for the fans, right. those folks at home. And I'll pretend it's like the first time I've heard them. Great. All right. Yeah. I understand Rod's wife had to approve your silky voice for Rod Serling in the Tower of Terror. Is that correct? Yes, she did. And I, I found it a heck of an honor. When she finally picked me, I was ecstatic. And I, I knew that that was a... Uh, she needed to... She was going to be the final person that would listen to all the different auditions. So she really knew what he sounded like, so I felt very good about that. So did she look at your picture while she was choosing, or was it strictly voice <laughs> no, talent? No, <laughs> no, no, no. She, I, I, they just gave her tapes, and that was about the end of that. I'm just kidding you. Um, now, I also saw Fred McMurray's face on your little poster you had when you were speaking. How did you get involved with imitating Fred McMurray? Well, as a kid, I used to watch a lot of My Three Sons, like I watched a lot of uh, Twilight Zone. So I always did a, a Fred McMurray impression, a Chip, Robbie, and Ernie, and talk with your <laughs> Uncle Charlie, Uncle Charlie, you know. And I just did it as a joke. All of a sudden, in 1997, I get a call from my agent that Disney's looking for a Fred McMurray voice because they, they found some footage in a vault of the last scene of the last movie Walt worked on called The Happiest Millionaire with Fred McMurray. But there was no audio track going with the, the picture. So they needed an actor to sound like Fred McMurray. So they had a big audition. And because I uh, watched a lot of My Three Sons, I knew how to talk like Fred McMurray. And it worked. And I, they had a big screening at Disney, and I was terrified my voice would stand out and everybody would say, what's going on, you know. But it, it all went unnoticed. It's one of the few jobs where the better you are, the more nobody knows you did anything. Right, because it just slides right by. Right. Tom Hanks' brothers done that a few times, I understand, for you know small things when they need to redo some yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've heard that too. Now, have you only had to do one session for Tower of Terror, or since there's multiple, have you done... They just reused the recording, or have you done I went work? back for the California Adventure version and did that, although it is the same pre-show, but I did the, the, the attraction as a couple of different scenes and things, so I did all that different. All right. Um, no, sorry. <laughs> Greg and I are sharing a microphone. That's what you can't see. Um, the question, where, oh, so the, the, the video footage of Rod Serling, is that just him saying other stuff? I mean, I mean how do they... How do they do the lip sync, I guess? Well, that's... that's Is a, that a secret you're not allowed to divulge? That's or? a very interesting secret. Let's just say I'm saying the exact same thing Rod is saying when you see him on screen. Okay. And with, well, the, with the magic of editing, it looks like Rod is talking about the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. So he's just picking and pick up... I, I get that. I get you, the, mentioned, you mentioned a little rumor that you'd heard about a cigarette. Oh, my that. God. The amount of, of people that spread this rumor, and I've even read it in the bookstore in different tour books. They say the family-friendly Disney had to digitally remove Rod Serling's cigarette from the pre-show, which is not true because in the original footage from that particular episode that that was lifted from, Rod Serling is not smoking in that episode. Interesting. Ah, we, we do a little episode called Mouse Busting because there's all oh, kinds yes. of rumors around the park of this or that that aren't ab are absolutely not true, but they tend to turn up here and there or for they, whatever they got, a life for their, they got a life of their own on the internet, and right. everyone, everyone absolutely thinks it's the truth. Even, even to the point where some 
Disney employees start spreading the lie themselves. So. Yeah, they've become part of tours on the the, <laughs> the uh, indoctr or not indoctrination. I call it that. The, uh, the, the, the tour you get when you first start the park, they'll walk around saying here. Orientation tour. Orientation tour, yeah. Right. So, I, I've even noticed we, we Greg and I were uh, at the uh, Jay Rizzullo seminar this morning. And since that time, I'm hearing background chatter from some of the people here that are already saying things. Jay Rizzullo never said that, but they're saying, oh, yeah, Jay said this and Jay yeah. said that. It's like. You know what's weird? It, it's like that little game you play where you're in second grade telephone and you say one word. It's amazing how that still works and, and, and adults will still do that. Now you have a CD. Is that available to the general public? I know I got a fine copy of it here at D23 at the NFFC booth. But for those folks at home, would they be able to get this CD? You can always email me at gargantuaboy. Oh, here, let me. boy at AOL.com. Because the email address is right there. Camera boy, Louie, Richard. Yeah, you you getting that, Louie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah. right. An inside joke for all the people who are fans of Fuel Hauser, right? All right, so. Our... That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you, Richard, do you have any other people that you like to do? Well, you know, I I was also friend owl for Disney. Who? Friend owl. Friend owl, okay. which is the owl from Bambi. When they were making the Platinum Bambi DVD, they wanted the owl to narrate all the stories and games. Now, I do a, a lot, I can sound like a lot of old men, and an old man named Will Wright was the original voice of the owl in 1940, and <laughs> Will Wright sounded like an old man like that. He played a sheriff once on I Love Lucy, and he played a locksmith on an episode of I Love Lucy. He was also a cantankerous guy on an episode of uh, The Andy Griffith Show, you know. So back in 1940, <laughs> he sounded like this, and he was friend owl. Nice. So I knew how to sound like that, so they hired me to be the voice of friend owl, but you have to get the Platinum Bambi DVD, and I narrate the little thumper story and all the games and activities in the voice of friend owl. Wow. Now, we're fans of more than just Disney. Are any uh, non-Disney characters people would know out there that you've done? Yes. <laughs> My very first impression was Maxwell Smart. Sorry, it's an old, an old friend of ours. Sorry. Max, Don Adams was my first impression, and I, that was that was when I knew I could probably had a knack for this. And would you believe I'm Maxwell Smart in any six of control? Sorry about that, Chief. And I used to go around pretending I was Maxwell Smart. And once I did that, 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 that voice has never come in handy, though. I never made a dime at that. I'm waiting for them to bring back Tennessee Tuxedo. Tennessee Tuxedo. Yeah. The penguin. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's yeah. a penguin, right? Right. Yeah, he was a penguin, cartoon. and his best friend was a walrus. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody knows that cartoon was anymore. Don Adams doing his voice, right? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Sweet. Don Adams was a pretty deep and well-talented guy, but I think he's underappreciated by... You know the campiness of the show, but you know. yeah, that's that, that's what I think. I, I that was a great character. Yeah, he was known so well. Feedback here, Mark. says this guy is really good, and a teacher says your teachers must have loved you. <laughs> oh my God! You know, speaking of teachers, most impressionists they start off by imitating their teachers. Okay. I can still do my English teacher, Mr. Branfield. Hey, I like you, but I don't like what you do. <laughs> that, that was his motto. I like you, but I don't like what you do. Nice. 
Oh, Mr. And I don't even think that's true. I think you are what you do. <laughs> so have you been doing this since you were like in grade school? And... Since I was a little boy. I was doing impressions of all the teachers in my favorite television programs. And uh, one thing led to another, and here I am. What was your first professional gig? Would we know what it is? I actually do know what it was. It was revoicing literally one word for Andrew Dice Clay. I did Can you a repeat it here? I, 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 <laughs> We've already been warned. I, I, wait, I don't know what that is. I don't know that line, but I'll tell you something. After I did that, I started getting known for revoicing celebrities, and Universal hired me to revoice 80 lines for Al Pacino for the movie Carlito's Way. Wow. And you... Every time you see that movie, if you don't hear Al Pacino cussing, that's because it's me. <laughs> so we, when they clean it up for TV, yeah. you get calls? Yes. Okay. Nice. There, there, there's a scene in that in the beginning of that movie where Al Pacino says he's in court. And I, don't, I can't say the real version, but in my version, he says, No, no, baloney. I was already a mean little beggar while my mother was alive, and I know it. But he said something else. And I can't repeat that. But all, but Did it also start with the letter B? Yes. Okay. But all, but, but all through that movie, Al Pacino, when I, after my version, he keeps saying, forget him, forget you, forget him. And, and he's really saying yeah, yeah, yeah. something else. But if you, get it, if, if you get it in fast enough, it really sounds like Pacino. It looks like Pacino's saying, forget you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's I'm excellent. That's where they come up with some of the words that they substitute. You know, oh, my God. I, I wish I could say what that. It's amazing how funny it can really get. Al Pacino looped, did his own dubbing for Scarface, and the, the funny words they gave him to say, you wouldn't believe it. But somehow it works, you know? All right, so, Mark, are you, are you local? Are you in Southern California? I live in Los Angeles, yes. Gotcha. All right, so... I also recently just narrated for ABC this weird documentary for the show Lost. It's called Mysteries of the Universe, and ABC releases about five minutes of it every month. And there's now about three uh, different versions that have now been released to YouTube and ABC, and you can see it everywhere. Mysteries? Mysteries of the Universe. Mysteries the, of the Universe. I had to check that out. I was just showing Richard my season four DVD, and they did this little documentary of how when they found the four, the, the, uh, with the six that came back, right? It couldn't be them, and they go through all these yeah, things. It was a like, whole... Whole conspiracy theory. Yeah, whole conspiracy theory. It was really well done. Well, it's supposed to look like an, they found an old videotape of a show from the 80s is what it's supposed to be. So I don't even, and the funny thing was, I don't watch that show, so I didn't even understand what I was reading. <laughs> but but take a look at it. You might like do you, it. Do you, find, do you find that common that they'll ask you to do work and you have no, well, just say the lines, boy? And yes. Okay. Although when it's Disney stuff, I always know what it is because I was really into that. But lost. So you're Disney yes. fan then. I, when I was a kid, I used to bring my tape recorder into Disneyland and record all the different rides. And I had boxes and boxes of cassettes from Pirates and Haunted Mansion. Okay. You qualify for wings and uh, Disney. DF wings. Wow. Oh. Here, here. here. You can have you can have a first run limited edition DF wing magnet. Listen, I had a bottle of water from Pirates of the Caribbean. I was so obsessed with Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> wait, wait. I want to go back to this audio you took. Is it still? Do you still have it? Yes. Is it still serviceable? Yes. Would you like to? Maybe we should. Maybe we need to talk off the air. Yeah. I, listen, I have I have Pirates of the Caribbean from 30 years ago on cassette. Awesome. Yeah. yeah we'll need to talk because because. Uh, um, there's lots of people out there would love to get their hands on that and you know maybe release that back into the wild somehow. And, yeah, let me uh, let me put some of them on CD and then I'll I'll get you a copy of it. That would be awesome. He's gonna get us some 
some copies of his audio he took 30 years ago. Awesome. Yeah. Really yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll work some of that in. I remember when you went, I have on tape, when you went down the waterfall in Pirates, only the most obsessed pirate nut will know what I'm talking about. You used to hear so that song in solo. There used to be pirates singing it in solo when you went down that first drop, not the classic recording of all of them together. And I have that. I wish it would go back to that. Oh, well, yeah. We're, yeah, we'll, we need to get his information. You still have your bottle of water? It all evaporated. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you, put it in the, you put it on the shelf, right? It goes away. Um, yeah, we'll have to talk to Mark. We'll, we'll have to bring the, him back. This is the guy that would be bringing in or having somebody bring his ashes back. You know, <laughs> 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 we're not leaving ashes in the ride, are you? <laughs> 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 Nice. Oddly enough, I heard that the late, great Bruce Gordon, did you know him? Oh, he was an Imagineer, and he uh, took an empty milk carton and dunked it into the the river on Jungle Cruise so he could put it in his Jungle Cruise model he was making at home. So a lot of Imagineers did that kind Go of obsessive thing. Nice, yeah. nice. Total immersion into the... the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> method acting at its best, right? Yes. <laughs> Upcoming works uh, that we could look for coming from you? Well, I was a few characters in the new Pixar Cars movie. I mean, I mean the uh, the video game based on Cars. Oh, sweet! That'll be out. I did Lord of Rings Wii game, and I just did the Watchmen video game, oh. which, which is very difficult work because you have to have a line of dialogue for every possible way that kid works the game. Oh, so, wow! So, so you're in there for seven hours reading 500 lines, and it, it's exhausting. Wow. Wow. Now, the, uh, most of the studio work done at Disney Studios are all over the place. The, the Disney work is usually done either on the Disney lot or at the Disney Channel building. I was the king in Howell's Moving Castle. Do you know what that is? Disney supervised the dubs for a lot of the Miyazaki films. Okay. And how I was the king on Howell's Moving Castle, and I got to do that at Disney Studios, which I really love doing the best because, you know, that's where Walt practically invented the whole business. That's right. Know? That's right. Yeah, there's a certain uh, nostalgia. Walt slept here. Street. Yeah, absolutely, yes. Yeah. I, I like to work there specifically as much as possible. Was that, was that the main, the, the, uh, when you did the dubbing there at the studio, was that the, at the main theater with one of the uh, rooms off on the side of the Yes, theater? right. Okay, so it wasn't in any of the new rooms that are over by the Frank Wells building. No, it was a giant soundstage. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've watched them when they've done a lot of what work over there on different things. Yes, oh, and they're terrific there. Ah, all right, so any, any last questions for Mark? Um, uh, I, other than let him plug his uh, website and contact and all yeah, that. Why don't you sure hold up the uh, to, to website one more time? Right, hold that while I, hold I will. And he did say that don't he doesn't. Don't scratch my CD. He no longer has any of the water from Pirates of the Caribbean, so <laughs> you can't talk to him about getting any of that. No, no, no. But you know what? They let me ride Tower of Terror after the park closes all alone sometimes. The creepiest, most wonderful feeling, I can't tell you. Amazing. But my, if you want to get that CD, just contact me. You can find me on Facebook or gargantuaboy at AOL.com. Great. Well, thanks for coming along. Thank you very much, Mark. Appreciate it. Yes. it was a lot of fun. Thanks, fellas. It was terrific. Our NFFC host was a uh, gentleman by the name of, well, we call him Chuck. <laughs> And Chuck brought by uh, Tommy Kirk, who was at the D23 Expo. Now, personally, I was kind of unprepared to talk to Tommy. Uh, all I had known about him was that he played Travis in the movie Old Yeller. And I was kind of figuring that he'd probably enjoy a chance to not talk about Old Yeller. Well, old Chuck to save the day for us, and he still brought up Old Yeller. But you made it so real. 
Well, I I love animals, and uh, I I you know I felt for Travis. I felt you know his sorrow, and it was easy to cry, you know, because I really do love dogs. I that has just haunted me all my life. I used to I used to cry when the scene came up. Now I cry when I take the DVD out of the box to put it in the machine. You know something? I I can't even stand to watch these programs of animal cops. You know these. Uh, I can't watch it. I can't. I get so angry. Two days ago, I was all knotted up because somebody. uh, We think the meter readers left our gate open, and we have three real. Well, we have one huge coon dog and three small dogs, and I heard this noise out in my front yard. So I thought I'd go check it. Three of my dogs were out there. I got to them at the end of the street. The other one went went right out in the street. We threw cars missed. We never found him. The next day, we found him online at the pound, and we're all like, you know. Teary all night, the entire fall, you know. Yeah, a lot oh of a- animal yeah. lovers. Let's yeah. talk about some of the comedies. How about Beijing? <laughs> <and toilet? laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, on the brighter, on a brighter side. Uh, babes in Toyland. Uh, well, what can I say? Uh, I couldn't believe I was. I worked with Ray Bolgers. I look back at nice. it, you know. Couldn't believe it, but I did, and he was a very nice guy. Dad, treat you well. Huh? Treat everybody well. Oh yeah, he was—he loved to tell stories, and he was friendly to everybody, and he was just a very nice guy. So, do you, do you remember any of the stories he told you? No, I mean, you know, okay, he. I say, give us, give us one now. Well, <laughs> PG, PG or below? He was just a beautiful guy, and uh, Edwin was always on, always joking. He, he acted like you know the perfect fool. That's what he—that was his character on Broadway. <laughs> all this stuff he do. And he, he did that all the time. He was always on. He loved to laugh. He loved to make people laugh. I remember things like that. And uh, I worked with Basil Rathbone, you know, oh, the yes. great villain and Robin Hood and all that. And he was a beautiful person. He loved to talk and tell stories. And he was the friendliest man imaginable. And people, you know, he was these stuck-up, snooty British actors. He was the friendliest guy you ever in your life. What about Walt, though? The big question is always, you know, everybody wants to know how it was working with Walt and being a, you know, a child actor around you know, Walt. You know, my impression uh, of him was always he was a very quiet, soft-spoken, uh, modest man. I never saw him lift his, uh, raise his voice to anybody. He was just quiet. And he was kind of always in the background. He'd come and watch and he'd talk to people, take him aside. Now, I don't know what he was like behind closed doors, you know, chewing you out for some misdeed. I'm sure he could fire people, but uh, I liked him a lot. Now, what about when Disneyland opened? Um, did the kids at the studio or in the word, I mean, was it, were you guys down here a lot? Did he want you to share it with you? Was he always talking about it during those times? No. No? <laughs> but Disneyland opened before I came there. Uh, okay, I'm losing my timeline. Then, what, when, what year did you come to the studio? Fifty-six. Fifty-six. Okay. Disneyland opened in fifty-five, right, right. but they had the Mouseketeers out there, you know, dancing away, and it was a part of the opening ceremonies. I remember, but I wasn't around. So, what was your first um, production with? The Hardy Boys. The Hardy Boys. Okay. The Boy Detectives. Okay. Tim Considine and myself. Right. That was part of the. That they came on later in the Mickey Mouse Club years, then, right? Yeah, yeah. sort of. The second or third year. Our last guest was Paige O'Hara, the voice of Belle from Beauty and the Beast. She was very friendly and treated us professionally, and I was kind of geeking out a bit at the beginning. 
It took me a little while to kind of get comfortable and stop being so tongue-tied. So here, have a listen. (laughs) Or she's been, even if she's been dragged over here to talk to us, we're happy. Okay. So Paige, the first question I have for you. Okay. Well, we should mention where we are. All right. So we have to do that right now. Okay. So. Okay. (laughs) This is MiceCast. We are streaming live from the NFFC booth here at the D23 Expo. Uh, Paige. Is it O'Hara or O'Hara? I don't O'Hara. Know. O'Hara. Paige O'Hara, the voice of Bell, has graciously come decided you know, just come by to say hi. Come by to say hi. Say, and say, thank you very much, Paige, for coming to say hi to us. Thank you and, very and much. You're, we're streaming your image out live over the internet, so oh, wonderful. you're okay with that. Oh, that's fine. Along with your voice. Um, <clears throat> I just want to remind everybody that Paige is now with us oh, yeah. in the tweeting world. <laughs> Send that out there. Um, well, shoot, I don't know where to begin. Uh, well, well, okay. Why, why don't we start with where did you, where did you begin with Disney? How did you get started working with Disney well, on other projects? Actually, I, I come from the Broadway theater, and I went to New York when I was seventeen and I did Broadway shows, and uh, I auditioned with five hundred other Broadway actresses and singers. For Beauty and the Beast because they wanted a Broadway actress and uh, I went through five auditions and got the part. So you went you went straight. Yeah, I mean, Beauty and the Beast was your first part for Disney. It was my what, first Disney. Now, what other roles did you perform on Broadway prior to coming to Disney? On Broadway, I played Ellie Mae Chipley in the revival of Showboat with Donald O'Connor. Oh, that was I did the national there. tour of Eddie Annie in Oklahoma. I played Edwin Drood, the mystery of Edwin Drood, and then I played Fontaine in Les Mis. Now, <laughs> that, that, which part was most strenuous then? When I hear Les Mis, I think. Oh, Fontaine was very hard, very hard. <clears throat> but I had so much fun doing Edwin Drood. I mean, Edwin Drood is a riot. It's, you know, pants roll, you know, I'm dressed up as a boy, then I turn into a girl at the end, and it's a okay. great show. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. How has uh, Bell affected or changed your life from what you were doing on Broadway and then? Oh, it's got to be a huge... It's totally different. It's totally changed my life because it's, you know, before, you know, I was appreciated as a Broadway town and I had a lot of success with that, but now it opens up the world to other recordings and my concert career. So yeah, that's been that's, great. That's always something I've always uh, commented on is because being on stage is so very, very, very different from being on film. Oh, I mean, totally. Oh, I remember it, even in the first day I was recording, you know, our first day with Beauty and the Beast. And, I, and on top of that, <coughs> oh animation is so different from being actual live action yes. film. Has it, let me see how to phrase this without sounding completely like an idiot. Has it really opened up uh, a whole new aspect or do you really prefer to be back on stage? I mean, are you jumping all the time? I go back and forth, but I'm right now in, I live in Las Vegas and I'm in my fourth year of Menopause the Musical. Oh, <laughs> I, was about to ask. I know that. <laughs> As the soap star. Did you, did you something you're doing now? Yeah. I have to say, I haven't seen it. Not really. It's very I'm, funny. Know, I've heard that. My wife's like, I don't know if I want to see that. I'm getting <laughs> kind of close to that myself. Uh, so, um, Now, how many other things besides Bell or recreations of Bell and other mediums, you know, have you done? Oh, I've, I've done everything from television to recording, film, on stage. And Shannon. You were recreating that beast scene on yeah. the soap opera. It was hilarious. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. And I play a soap star in Menopause the Musical. Remember, not 
just because we know doesn't mean everybody watching sure. knows well, all this stuff. Those who are watching are probably fans, oh, hope, hopefully, right? hopefully. There's three people that said Bella's her favorite princess. Oh. I was gonna say she is the princess of princesses, you know, the belle of the ball, you know. Yeah. Well, they love her because she's intelligent. Yes, smart. Well, and she's odd and she's intelligent, wonderful. and she's also kind of like an every every person type character. It's not like. Your other princesses that were born to kings and queens, Belle right. came from a very ordinary life ordinary and got this very extraordinary family. Yeah, I mean, she's experience. vulnerable, but she's smart, she can be strong, she, she covers reads. a lot. She reads, yeah. She reads. <laughs> Not something that guys usually request or need, but you know, well, yeah. That, in that era, that was a big deal. <laughs> now, did you um, do a lot of filming for that, for the facial expression? They, they asked yes, you they to kind of... Yes, they videotape you, yeah. So you were reference model as well as voice. Well, from here up, and they had a, a body model, but from here up, they, they totally videotape you every day. <clears throat> and Robbie Benson and I recorded together. That was my next question. You know, because a lot of a lot of times you see behind the scenes of voiceover work, and they're by themselves. Yeah. Trying to muster up, and if you have someone else in the room, it's easier to play off. Oh, it was think. great! It was great. Now, did you think of him as a beastly type character? I know when I first heard, him, I'm like, that doesn't sound like him. You wouldn't think Robbie Benson, but you know, he's such a genius actor. You know, uh, he's, he's brilliant, and. He truly brought a heart and soul to that character that they'd auditioned for months, could not find. Now, that's a common story that, that they're having a hard time and someone came across him doing it, doing actually, the Beast voice. Albert Tavares, who's our casting director, actually put Robbie in an audition and did not tell them it was Robbie Benson. Okay. The directors and everybody heard the, the, the CD and said, that's it. That's him. They said, yeah, guess man, what? That's Robbie Benson. By the name heard it. <laughs> because they think of him as too sweet, you know. Now, do you have kids, nieces, nephews? And nieces how do they, and nephews. How do they feel about being related to, to Belle? Oh, they love it. They love it. They especially love it when we go to the theme parks and we have the guide and you get the first class treatment. You know? okay, uh, yeah, In front the, of the lines, you the, know. The plaid people that keep the... Exactly. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now, I got to ask, oh, okay. when we were talking, we were watching Jay Rizzullo earlier today, and he was talking about the new princess area coming up over in the Fantasyland at Walt Disney World. Have you heard anything? Have they asked you anything about coming out on the opening with the uh, Beauty and the Beast area with the new restaurant and everything they're talking about being in there? Not yet, but there were some rumors flying, so I'll let you know. Okay. okay. <laughs> we have a special request. That I'd love to have her say hi to Lila. Can you say, just say hi to Lila? Hi, Lilac. This is Belle. Alright, there you go. There you go, Spence. <laughs> so was Belle all you, or did you add any inflections or anything that Truthfully, uh, it's very interesting, because when I, when I auditioned, they wanted my own speaking voice. And um, right now, with allergies, I sound a little lower than normal, but actually, it really is my voice just softer. You know? It's not, you know, Los Angeles smog. Yeah. As you notice, a little smoke, cough that I smoke, have. Wait, smoke, you know, there's still smoke in the air, right? I don't, I've been I, coughing since I got here. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's okay. coming from the dry country of Las Vegas, Nevada. Vegas now, you can't <laughs> really but you know what? Your temperatures are a lot better here. Well, you can't hardly smoke anywhere in Vegas now either. So, yeah. <laughs> so, no, but it's great. It was really pretty much my voice, you know? But the first day, I, I was very funny because I was trying to project to the balcony, and Howard Ashman said, okay, Ethel Merman, you're not playing the second balcony. Stage, stage, right? Stage is all about projection. He's like, what are you? doing I mean now they might the, the principles right. but before it's you gotta, oh yeah you gotta reach the upper tier when I came to New York we didn't wear mics oh, yeah, on Broadway stage but now they're small and tiny and obtrusive yep. and oh, yeah. move right. around and I saw one here in Orange County it was weird and it came down the front of it so you can kind of see the tip of it oh right yeah up here. yeah I mean, that, that was odd it's high tech 
Now, did you do the recording? Did they bring you to L.A. and you worked out at the Disney studio for that movie? I recorded part of it in New York and part of it in L.A. And, uh, you know, we'd, we'd record for a couple weeks and then go away and they'd animate and bring us back. I was going to say, how much time did they have you continue, you keep bringing you back? How much time did it take oh, in total? Oh, it was off and on two, over two years. What, two years? Two years. The film took four years to make. You know, well, here's something that you'd love to know. Okay. Because people don't just assume it's just like they throw them out. But with Beauty and the Beast, with all the hand drawing, it took an animator an entire week to draw 20 seconds of film with Beauty and the Beast. And were you able to score any, uh, you know, cells for yourself? You know, oh, private yes. collection or Do nice you know pieces what? from yes. the movie? They, oh. they sent me some, and I have one actually when we came back this last time and added human again that only the cast members have. That's oh, nice. nice. That's cool. Uh, she's reading to the Beast. The I mean, it's, Ariel was good, but Beauty and the Beast really put Disney animation, I think, back on the map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so. truly a classic, and of course, the only one to be you know, nominated, nominated. for. Best, yes, we all know best that. film. Now, go ahead. I said for the Academy Awards, they they did that anime thing. Were you part of that? I sang on the Academy yeah. Awards. Yes, yes. We saw that. Oh my gosh, I was so nervous. I was so, and they put me in that stupid dress. It wasn't Disney. It was another designer I won't mention. But it was like a little Bo, Bo Peep dress, and it looked okay. horrible. So luckily, they shot me mostly from the waist up when I sang my bell song. But I was sharing a dressing room with Celine Dion. Okay. And. They came into her dressing room right like an hour before and they had a choice of two dresses and they said, I think we might want you to wear that other dress. And she said, no, no, and looked at her watch. I'm wearing this dress, thank you. Oh, nice. <laughs> right back to her. I said, how did you do that? Here I am in this ugly dress and you just very professionally, she's amazing. Well, I was thinking that they animated, uh, put in some animation in that. Uh, Academy Awards where they had the Beast and then the oh, Beast yes, and Bell yes, come yes, up. Yes. And so did you do any voice? We, uh, we did, did the, the voice for that, that, yes. Okay, off to the side. Yep. Actually, we recorded several of who would win. Oh, so, oh, that's so right. all they had to do is push a button. Is to oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Have you had a chance to look around here? At the oh, it's amazing! Photo? It's amazing. I love it. Um, I'm extra excited because I just signed a contract with Disney Fine Art. I'm now a Disney artist with Disney really? Fine Art painting Bell by Bells. Wow. And they've never really? had a voice talent join the artist, so this is a big deal for Do me. Do you have an example here we can throw on the camera? Uh, sure. I can give right you... over there, right? Yeah. Bell by Bell. And I wow. have a Bell and Beast in the ballroom that's in the in the dream store right now, and we have two more coming out soon. So you drew this? I painted that, yes. That's very nice. Thank you. The large art piece that was sitting where you were signing, is that also your work? Yeah, yes, I had the, the Bell and Beast in the ballroom was mine, and all these are mine right here. Very nice. We'll have to grab, we'll have to grab pictures of that. Uh, yeah, and these are the ones, you know, I've been painting since I was like two years old, you know. So it's kind of cool that I've to come around, you know. I see your website here so they can go onto the website to be yes, able to... Yes, got the website, thank you. PageOhara.net. Yeah. And we're pricing them very fairly. That's what Disney promised me. I said, I don't want to ask for too much money for these. I want a lot of people to have them. Yeah. Be, yeah. <laughs> but is there a, was there a fondest memory of working on that Beauty and the Beast project? Oh, I, I can't pick one in particular. Well, give us a couple examples of some of your memories from doing that production. Well, I mean, just working with, with Howard Ashman and Ella Mencken and, and Don Hahn and, and 
you know, and then when the, it was nominated for the Academy Award, I was so upset because we were told they were going to have pop stars singing our songs. Oh, why? And Jeffrey Katzenberg, Dreiser said, you can't have the songs without the original singers. Good, good. So That's a- we got to yeah. sing our songs. And it was funny, but I'll never forget the opening when I first saw it, you know, just that, that feeling. And the expressions, you know, the hair and the eye was all stuff. That, you know. yeah. So now you've been a Disney fan all your life? All you my think? life. Die Hard Mary Poppins. Okay, I was, I was about ever. to ask you, <laughs> what was your favorite? All right, yes. do you remember what first film you ever saw as a, as a child? or? It was Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins, okay. And you know what, nothing ever topped it. Except maybe Beauty and the Beast a little uh, bit. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the Broadway performance of Mary Poppins? I haven't yet. I want to see it. I did get to work with Richard Sherman, though. He wrote a song for me called Neverland that they put on the Peter Pan DVD re-release that, that just came out of a year we ago. Have that. I, I'm singing Neverland on there. New song. Check it out. Nice. We'll do. We'll do. Yeah. Um, this is the question I want to... Okay, so... You've been to Disney parks, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Where's the first park you went to? Disney World. My favorite ride. Go ahead. Still. Yeah, sure. My old age. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Ah, of course. The escape, still my favorite. The escape. She doesn't have to stand in the line, though, when she goes down. Yeah, she doesn't have to stand in line. Actually, you know who the famous director Rob Marshall is, directed Chicago, the, the movie? Yeah, yeah. He's an old friend of mine from Broadway. That's still okay. his favorite ride, too. <laughs> cool. cool. I met him there. We went on it so, together. So I got a lead in for Mike's question. Have you had a chance to visit Paris and see your castle over in Paris? In Paris? No. Just oh. Hong Kong. I was okay. there for the Hong Kong premiere. And I actually got to sing with, oh, it was great. Play us along, we got to sing and, and, and hobnob with Roy Disney and Mr. Iger and Mr. Eisner. And nice, that was nice. Mr. Eisner's finally, his final trip with, with the transition. And they were okay. so great and so good to us. And we had so much fun. Okay, um, I don't want to monopolize all your time. You're, you have some folks that have been waiting very patiently for us to okay. finish. Um, so you're here. Go ahead. I was, I was, no, go ahead. You're, oh, I'll be here tomorrow. You'll be here tomorrow? Tomorrow from 12 to 2. Okay, and so and if you've missed anything for me to sign, and then my back okay. to Vegas to Menopause the Musical at the Luxor. At the Luxor. Okay. I appreciate it. I know all our kids are going to be very jealous. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much Thanks. for stopping by. It was yes. very nice to meet Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thanks. Take care. Nice to meet you. All right, I'm going to give you this mic back. All right, I, I will accept. Now, how cool was that? Very cool, cool. huh? And Leela got her shout out, as if you will. Yeah, she got a shout out. Spence is excited. See, that's right up there. I've seen her castle. I've seen her castle. It's awesome. Uh, Holly Dog said, "Well, thanks, Holly." Hey, I, you know, I was flipping off. That's right, Spence. Was awesome. Whose names are in here? So, Holly, thanks for uh, checking in. There's Dad. Right. I, Spence man's here. What's in the bag? Just your stuff. All right. So it's coming up on four o'clock. We've been streaming live for two hours straight. I have. I'm having nightmares that my cell service and get shut off. <laughs> um, the next thing we're going to do, right, Rick, Greg Richard, is we're going to go into the uh, what's new in the theme parks exhibit here, D23, and talk to some Imagineers in there. Uh, I hope to get the... Yesterday I saw a real cool rundown of Mystic Manor, the mansion for Hong Kong. A, des- a show designer was in there. He was going over the storyboards, telling us the, the show sequence and stuff. It was really cool. And I'm hoping we can go in there and uh, grab that. That won't be live because our stuff isn't that portable. Um, so yeah, we'll grab like it and we'll and yeah, carry a laptop And around. we will... Um, very, very long extension cords needed for that. <laughs> and we'll, we'll release that as a regular podcast. Well, there you have it. The 
MiceCast D23 Expo interviews. We had a lot of fun doing that whole thing. Um, yeah, we were there for like two hours. Streaming the whole thing live was it was a lot of fun. Now, I have to admit that this was supposed to be presented as a series of videos, but the way Ustream stores them makes it kind of hard to convert them to nice, clean, packaged videos. Now, I'm going to embed them at MiceCast.com, but keep in mind when you're watching them that they are raw and unpolished. So you're going to see and deal with all the technical difficulties we had. Um, I'd also like to take one more chance to thank all of our interviewees for graciously sharing their time with us. They were lots of fun. And I also need to thank our hosts, the NFFC, for inviting us into their booth and making us feel welcome. Without them, none of this probably would have happened. Now, before I sign off, I'd like to remind you that our new voicemail line is up and running and waiting for your message. Just in case you don't know what that number is, it is 830-4DF-POOP, 830-433-7667. Our email addresses still work as well, Mike, Greg, Shaft, or MouseBusters at MiceCast.com. That's going to do it for this episode, so for me and my co-hosts, Thank you for listening, and good night.